Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's Sales Talk Podcast. Diving deep into the world of sales and entrepreneurship by interviewing top leaders and influencers from around the world so you can overcome obstacles and achieve success. And now, here's your host, international best-selling author and business expert, Anthony Garcia. Catapulting Commissions family. What's up, team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. So today... Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to have our guest with us today. Uh, If you've been with me on the show, we have talked to people that have been high-level corporate, founders starting up, high-end sales professionals, and today's guest has a little bit of both, or a little bit of everything I just shared with you. So I'm excited to to talk about the badass we have on our show today. Now, Stephanie Kimberling, she's a native of my hometown, Oxnard, California. She's passionate about human behavior. She left her corporate digital marketing career to create two purpose-driven brands, the Jade Collaborative and Unapologetic Society. Now, the Jade Collaborative provides pure potent CBD products to help those affected by the negative impacts of the hustle culture, hence some of you. Unapologetic is a pro-aging skincare brand on a mission to combat toxic masculinity and the shame associated with aging, also some of you. Now, Stephanie's goal is to inspire individuals to be the best version of themselves, share their gifts with the world, and live a full life. She teaches digital marketing and business courses at local San Diego universities, holds her master's degree in sociology as well as an MBA. And Stephanie, welcome to the show. Hello, Anthony. I'm so excited to connect with you on your show. I'm glad to have you on the show, and and it's it's always a pleasure to bring somebody who I've known from a previous life, right? And you, mm-hmm. uh, Catapulted Commission's family, you heard me and Stephanie both grew up uh, really in the same neighborhood, same high school, like it's, and we both had ventured off in different directions. So to connect on the show is exciting. Now, here's the deal, Stephanie. I I am in awe of the direction you're going in, right? And and for those of you that don't know how people get on the show, right, usually we receive a lot of requests for people to join the show, and, and every now and then I'll find a guest that I want and I'll reach out to that guest. I saw Stephanie's transition from her corporate life to the entrepreneur she is today, and I'm like, oh, I have to get you on the show because the journey she's in right now, many of you relate with. So, Stephanie, give us a little, little background here. Why did you leave your corporate life to become an entrepreneur and start this venture, not with one, but two brands? <laughs> well, first of all, I think, um, you know, that big transition really happened when I started believing in it. And mm. it's always been an underlying thing that's brewing there, entrepreneurship and just kind of becoming your own. Uh, and I don't think I really took the leap until I had that faith in myself that I could build the plane before we reached that edge of that cliff. And so once I was able to root myself in in my own belief in me, my ideas of what's possible for me started to expand. And so I took the leap. Okay. So you take this leap. Now, I got to be honest with you. I, I've been there before. Like, and you, you want to take this leap. Who pushed you? Like, what was that final straw that either A, someone pushed you, B, something happened, or some... Uh, act that we haven't uncovered yet made you say, okay, I'm ready to make this leap. Because there's someone listening right now that resonates with what you just said, but they haven't made that leap themselves. Honestly, I'm going to get a little bit metaphysical here, but I think the universe gave me a big push out of the nest. And that was my 10-year digital and e-commerce career. I think there came a point where, you know, the uh, overachieving (laughs) and the, you know, as you know, the two master's degrees, the 10 years experience, at what point 
at what point am I not ready enough? At what point am I not good enough? And so I think it was really getting to the root of that um, imposter syndrome and kind of unpacking that and then becoming super um, connected to who I am and what I can achieve. I was just ready to to finally make that to make that push. And, um, you know, I'm just so glad that I did because I just feel more free than I ever have. Oh, I love, love hearing that, right? Whether it's the universe or anything pushing you, you, you mentioned something about you had all these credentials for lack mm-hmm. of better words, right? You had mm-hmm. the two masters, you had the 10 years in experience, you, you had all of it and you start mm-hmm. all over and you say, okay, I'm going to do this thing on my own, which I know firsthand isn't easy. I don't know if you know the story, but my first business I started at 22, closed down at 25, tears in my eyes, failed miserably, went to corporate, came back, did it again. And then this time I haven't closed the doors, but I definitely had a few tears where I'm like, oh my goodness, this is not working the way I want it to. Yeah. But we, we find a way to persevere and venture through. What has been some of the unknown challenges or unanticipated challenges in bringing this brand to life? Or what are some of the things that aren't as bad as you anticipated them to be? You know, I think the uh, one of the things that go, going into this and choosing this path, I I chose to accept that as I went down this journey, there was going to be unknowns and that there was going to be barriers and there's going to be things that I hadn't been able to forecast and accepting that those things were going to happen and I was going to find a way through them gave me the courage to you know, make the decision to push through those things. And so I think I started to understand that fear and anxiety, something that I once was paralyzed by is going to be there and that I'm just going to have to do it scared and I'm going to have to do it with the anxiety. Um, And so I think, you know, just knowing that it doesn't matter what kind of pops up in front of you that you either expected or didn't expect. You just, to say it in a cliche way, you expect the unexpected and you stay connected to that vision that nothing's going to stop, you know, nothing will come between you and that thing because now you have that belief in yourself and you've overcome that imposter syndrome that, you know, you're enough and that you have what it takes or, and the credentials and the experience and all of those accolades and things, you have what it takes to to get the thing that you want. Oh, man, so much to unpack there. One, the fear, right? The fear of the unknown, right? Like we don't know whether what we're doing is good enough or bad enough. And I I completely agree with you on that. Now, do you have like a mantra, a habit, something to say, hey, I'm going to keep pressing through this because I know, I understand what you're saying. And I mean, I I can't show you my whiteboard because of the camera, but like I, the, the inner perfectionist in all of us, I mean, I'm crossing things out. No, it doesn't look good. And then there's a certain point where you say, hey, I'm bringing this out. Is it good enough or not? Do you have something that gives you that like, okay, I'm going to bring this, even though it may not be the best or may not be my version of the best, but I'm going to come to marketing and gain some feedback on whatever it is. Can be a a campaign, a product, an idea. Who pushes you there? Gosh, there's a couple different things. And I love that you have a whiteboard with all those mantras and reminders because my mirror has, you know, there's like eyeliner and lipstick written like sentences and uh, inspirational quotes that just kind of hype me up. And the big thing I have across my mirror is remember who the fuck you are. So I'm looking in the mirror and I'm remembering who the fuck I am. And, you know, when you get connected to yourself and you kind of slow down in that meditation and you can get present to who you are and connected to that power source, you know, 
you nothing can stop you from whatever it is that you're trying to achieve as you move about your day. And so those are one of the that's one of the things I have on my mirror. The other thing is my vision is greater than my fear. And so that's something I tell myself all the time. And as I'm choosing this path, I know that it's the rougher uphill, you know, challenge, but I'd much rather make that rough, you know, uphill, scarier challenge and and find my way at the top of a new mountain than take, you know, the safer path, which is what I felt my 10 year career was keeping me. And it was what was safe. It was what was, you know, you get the stable two page to uh, a paycheck every two weeks. Um, at the end of the day, though, I started to learn once I got it connected to who the fuck I was, I started to realize, you know, I can't limit myself to, you know, what somebody at the at the other end of a conference table is letting me know I can earn in a year. Like I understand that my potential is limitless and it expands the walls of this this office building. And so um, just remembering that and staying connected to that helps me move through the fear and not allow it to take the driver's seat. It can come along, but I'm the one who's driving. Hell yeah. I love what you just shared, right? You said, remember who the fuck you are. And let's be clear here, right? That mantra, how many times, how many times a day or a week do you look at that? Yeah, well, now that I'm working from home a lot more often. <laughs> so I mean, I, you know, I, I think of it in moments where I feel myself um I'm, I feel myself getting a little bit unsettled. And so I just kind of observe that and almost view the interaction or the situation, observe it as an outsider and actually see myself in the moment and go, remember who you are. <laughs> and then it just kind of regulates the nervous system and calms you down so that you can stay present and focused so that you have the clarity you need to navigate whatever, you know, tough situations out there trying to rattle you. So, you, you leave the corporate world and you you go into the entrepreneur journey and you're like, okay, I'm going to bring you not one but two visions to life. So kudos to you. I mean, you, you have to be a workaholic to get there because it, it, if you're it, like, it's impossible if you're not a workaholic in these entry level stages. And I, and I, I know some people are like, I hate the hustle culture. I hate the workaholic. But it's just we make that transition from corporate from nine to five to, you know what, sometimes I'm on my laptop at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Sometimes I'm up Saturday morning and it's something I wasn't doing when I was in corporate. So that's what I mean by that. I don't want to offend any of my people who hate the hustle culture, but here's the deal. Tell us a little bit about these brands. So let's first start with the Jade Collaborative. Give me the premise behind it, how it came to life and what do we know about it so far? Yeah, I'm so glad that you set that up with the hustle culture because that's something that um, I can identify with. That is something I believe we've all internalized. And I think it's one thing to work hard and that's great. Um, and that when you're doing purpose-driven work and you're doing it for something that you can call your own or that you can, that truly is in alignment with your purpose, then that work, again, doesn't feel as taxing as it does when you're doing purposeless work. And so um, the Jade Collaborative brand is really about helping those high achievers, those who are suffering from imposter syndrome, overcome the anxiety and the depression that's brought on by that chase of hustle culture and, um, you know, really deprioritizing or... Um, making one to feel guilty about self-care or rest or recovery, which is so necessary in order to sustain and to, to achieve and be the high performers that we are. So the Jade Collaborative brand is so near and dear to my heart because the brand is rooted in values that are so central to who I am as a person and the messages that I'm telling 
are, um, you know, so close to my heart because they're ones that I had to either learn or I'm continuing to try to learn or unlearn. And those are the things that have helped me um, find my inner peace and really just find that courage to overcome all of those uh, anxiety-inducing perfectionism, overthinking, imposter syndrome. And I want to share that with others because there's, you know, the life of suffering in your head by things you make up in your head is just no way to spend your time on this earth. And um, I just want to help others kind of get to that point too. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We, we, uh, like I find, I have found, you know, and I'll be vulnerable with the audience. Like I have found personally, sometimes I am my worst enemy. Like I can spiral alone in my head, in my office of like, why something's failing, why something's not working. And you try to do these, you know, behaviors or hacks and try to get out of it and say like, I, you know, I'm not going to allow this to control me, but sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely get where you're coming with that. Now, um, are you providing like, is this just in the world of the CBD products? I mean, are we just, is this like, I guess, give me examples of what CBD products because And for those that don't know, I'll let Jade, give us a little background on what CBD is. Yeah. And what products and, and how we should be utilizing it or what your recommendation is and, and how to help handle this stress and anxiety that really does come with high performance or entrepreneurism or, or anything else that, that adds stress to the daily life. Yeah. So the way I'm viewing CBD is it's a tool and it's a tool that you can integrate into your overall, you know, overarching holistic wellness routine. It's not a magic bullet or a silver bullet. It's something that you can use to help, um, you know, integrate into those self-care rituals so that you can be at your best. So basically the CBD comes in different forms. Um, the ones that I'm starting with at launch are uh, CBD tinctures. Um, you can add those to your coffee, to your tea. You could just drop it on under your tongue, which is um, just a super simple way to, to take it or um, gummies as well. Um, so really the way that I'm viewing these products is, you know, they're, again, they're just one tool And it's a conduit for me to get the message out there about the importance of um, taking care of yourself. The only way that we're going to be able to continue to stay connected to whatever vision we're going after and and stay relentlessly taking action toward that is if we rest and if we recover and if we anchor ourselves in those rituals that keep us centered and that keep us balanced the way that CBD helps us do. So CBD helps us um, by interacting with our endocannabinoid system. And research shows is that that interaction helps, you know, that system helps balance, um, you know, emotional balance, neurological balance, and just kind of helps us stay more regulated. Um, But I understand that as a a person who believes in holistic wellness, that that's one piece of the overarching tool. And so that mindset and that, um, that, that, ability to kind of get present with yourself is what's going to allow you to go out into the world and be more present, more focused, more creative, and really make the impact that you want to make. Uh, And so that's kind of the message that I really want to get across by using CBD sort of as a platform to help extend that message to people who need to hear it. Yeah. I I love how you phrase it, that that's a part like it's a, it's a part of the strategy. It's a part of the overall wellness. Just like, you know, I, I relate things back to sales and business. Like there's a certain, there's, what we do, everything has its little bits and pieces, and you combine for this overall vision, this overall wellness, this overall success. The way you frame the CBD is just—it's just a part of the routine we add in. If I'm, you know, physical fitness, if I'm somebody who works out, it's stretching or it's the protein I drink afterwards, whatever the situation may be. So, okay, so you bring two products out to to, to market: uh, the tinctures, the gummies. Now, 
I'd love to hear, and you know what, we're, we're going to say that because we're going to talk a little bit about unapologetic. We are going to uh, we are going to cherry pick Stephanie's brand at the end of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the marketing strategies and, and implementations she did in her previous life and how she's bringing that to bring new business. So if you are in that stage where you're developing a new brand or you're trying to figure out how do I bring something to market, we have an expert on the show and I'm going to pick her brain towards the end. So don't don't sign off just yet. So Stephanie, tell us about your other lane you're running in, the Unapologetic Society. Unapologetic Society. So as you know, one of my uh, past lives is the life of a sociologist. And I've always been fascinated by human behavior and just social constructs and the way in which, you know, all of racism, classism, ageism, sexism, all the isms that kind of plague our society and and the people in it. And um, so that led me down the path to, to find the sociology education. But now I'm finding myself applying that into my business ventures and one of those things is through the unapologetic brand, which is really about celebrating who you are, no matter what skin, shape, size, form that you're in. And so we really want to create communities around um, unapologetic for him, for you know those who identify as male, for her and for them, because everybody has you know just different sets of unique challenges by associating with any one of those identities. And for men specifically, one of the reasons we started there is because we saw such a big need in an underserved market that was continuing to grow. And so what we saw you know, in the marketing background, my partner and I, her, her name is also Stephanie. So you got Steph Leilani and Steph Jade, you got the two Stephs uh, collabing on the unapologetic brand. And um, we're, you know, digging into our data. And what we're seeing is that there's 3000% growth in this category and that men pre versus post pandemic are really starting to prioritize self care. And it's become something that is, um, you know, a lot more socially acceptable now than it once was than it ever has. And we just really wanted to to join that conversation because we know how damaging it could be when we, when we talk about you know breaking down toxic masculinity that's something that's not just harmful to to women or to others it's harmful to men as well because it 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 discourages men from feeling empowered to care for themselves without damaging their masculinity and it's okay for men to you know have a skincare routine. That's the biggest organ on your body. And if you're trying to pour into yourself so that you can go out into the world and be the best that you can be, then you've got to take care of the largest organ on your body, which is your skin. So, you know, we just really wanted to break down those barriers of, of men being confident or okay with um, caring for themselves and really make um, a product that was really approachable in a three-step, one, two, three skincare system that kind of took all of the thinking and guesswork out of it. Because now that men are starting to become invited in the conversation of self-care that, you know, there's a lot of things in the market that's so overwhelming. You're trying to look at your partner's, you know, countertop or your mom or your sister's countertop and there's all these products and you're just like, where do I start? Do I really need all this? And, you know, men by nature are generally more skinimalist. They don't want to mess with all the extras. They just want to be in and be out and have, you know, what they need. And so the unapologetic skincare brand is going to offer that to men, a one, two, three step you know, kind of anything, if you're going to start with anything, start with these three products, we got you and it's totally okay. Um, you're, you're, you're no less of a man. You're unapologetically who you are, um, just, you know, for caring for yourself. So that's kind of the premise behind the the unapologetic brand. I love the story (laughs) and it is, and here's the thing, right? So I, you know, I'm coming up on my 40th birthday soon. So definitely kind of sit where, where you're sharing, right? Where it's uh, the 
the masculinity of of skincare and facial care. And I, I want to laugh because I have sat and I've watched my wife's skincare routine, and I'm like, I don't know what all of those are, but you like, there's a whole system in place. And then like, you know, this is for another day, but I mean, she's gone through brands where I hate this brand after a little bit. And these things are, it's like an investment. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start taking care of my skincare and I'm going to, you know, try to to clean this up. And so I've sat there at some of the, some of the beauty stores. I'm like, I don't even know what to start. Like I, you know, outside of like the, the Neutrogena or OxyClean I used when I was a teenage kid in high school, like what do I do next? Right. And so, I love that it's a one, two, three, because that makes things incredibly simple. You know, as a, I don't know if I fit in your avatar, but I feel like I will. Like, oh, one, two, three. This is, let me just follow steps one, two, three, because I don't have, like, if I don't have to think about it, yep. falls right in line. <laughs> I love that. Yep. So, okay. So you're bringing two brands out, mm-hmm. two brands to life. Now, l- let's be honest here, Stephanie. Running a business isn't easy, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, there, you and I, we grew up, in a day and age where entrepreneurism wasn't as glorified as what it is today, right? You could hop on any social media platform and everyone's like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, and it's just this, this push for it, right? And I don't remember that push being when I was a teenager or in my young 20s or even in my late 20s. Like, I don't remember this push for everyone wanting to have this entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I started my first business, like, I was the odd man out. I graduated college and started a business and people were like, you're absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's hard, Getting a brand to be recognized and consumers to purchase is also challenging. Mm-hmm. So can you give us a high-level overview of, hey, what is the strategy to, you know, we can pick either either company. What's the strategy to bring this to market successfully? And what are some of the, the skills or, yeah, skills and tools you developed in your time in corporate that you're like, hey, I'm going to implement this? Or what are some of the failures that you saw back there that, hey, we're going to avoid this? Mm-hmm. There's a lot there. And I think I'm going to start with my sociological lens again and just kind of go super macro on you. But I think I really love how you uh, discussed how there's this bigger push for entrepreneurialism. And when I was in my master's program for business, we they actually eliminated entrepreneurship out of the course curriculum, which is where I really felt I wanted to go. And it was it was almost viewed as, you know, if you went and opened up your own thing, and you didn't go to this big corporate entity or this sports team or league. I was in a sports focus, sports business focused program. If you didn't work for a team, a league, or this big corporate entity, that it was a failure. And so to me, I'm just looking at that as, you know, there's all these societal norms and cultural norms and, and these beliefs that we internalize as to what's safe for us. And it's until we're okay with leaning into that discomfort and being kind of that odd woman out where, you know, we're okay with looking a little bit crazy or stepping out into the light where it could be scary that, um, you know, entrepreneur, I think that's why we're entrepreneurs because we're okay to sit with that kind of discomfort. But as far as, um, you know, kind of the way that we're seeing the job market shift, I see the consumer market shifting in that way as well, as well as with the way in which, you know, what um, brands are doing well in the industry. And what we're finding is, you know, millennials specifically, and then even more so when it comes to Gen Z is that we want brands that have purpose behind them. And we're more likely, you know, we would much rather eat at the mom pop restaurant establishment than the, you know, corporate chain Applebee's or, you know, no hate to Applebee's, but the corporate chain type, you know, um, conglomerate entities that really 
there's no like soul to them, if you will. And so we like to vote with our dollars as millennials and Gen Z is just a whole other story as well. And I think, um, you know, technology has really shifted the way that not only we shop and that the market shifts, but, you know, the way that we work as well. And that's opened up a whole slew of not just information, but mediums and platforms through which we can meet um, an audience. And that audience now has access to a lot more, um, not just, you know, again, the big corporations, but also the very small independent brands. And so just like how the uh, job market is becoming more fragmented in that way, I believe the the actual consumer market is is unfolding that way as well. And so it's all about being able to connect with a community of um, of people aligned on specific values. And so when you have a small purpose-driven brand and a small purpose-driven niche, and you can speak directly to that person who you're trying to reach and build a community directly to that person, not to the masses, but to that center of the bullseye right there. And you can really understand who that person is. And just like in sales, you need to understand, you know, what their pain points are and those solutions as to how you can help them and what kind of conversations you're going to have around that to help them, you know, meet their ultimate vision achieve their ultimate goal. In my case, it's living your most fulfilled life. That's how you're going to be able to sustain and cut through the noise of, you know, a lot of products on the on the market or even the big conglomerate corporations who are going to out-resource you, outspend you, um, overpower you in that sense for the masses. But you can get to the the riches are in the niches. And so if you can speak directly to a very specific audience on very specific values, then you're going to win every time. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, and yes again. I love how you're you're looking at the consumers through the lens of the next consumer, right? You talked about the millennials, you talked about Gen Z, and we've talked on this show specifically about how do how are we attracting our new clients? Because let's be realistic, what worked to attract you and me 10 or 15 years ago isn't working for the same people anymore. Like they they want to see something different. So I love how you're there's a mission behind the brand so you're implementing that are you implementing or is part of your strategy? Because because I, I, I have you connect on the social media. Is part of your strategy <clears throat> is part of your strategy your own personal brand in terms of like who you are as an individual? And, and can you talk a little bit about that if, if that's part of your strategy or if you haven't thought about it or what? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking that because um, you know, the the purpose, the idea behind purpose-driven brands is that you can believe in it yourself. And for me, these brands are aligning with my purpose to get these messages out there to help people just overcome, whether it's, you know, pre-prescribed societal norms that are unhealthy for us, or it's overcoming that anxiety and that self-doubt. And so that you can kind of step out from the cocoon and spread your wings and live that best life. So um, I believe that, you know, in order for me to speak most authentically to the brands, those brands I have to see as a reflection of myself. And so both of those brands are um, built on the pillars of things that I, like I, to my core inherently believe in. And I believe my purpose on this earth is to inspire and be inspired and empower and be empowered and to, you know, build community and connection and belonging. And when I think about, you know, what's true to who I am, it's, it's those things. And that's how I want to create a living because similar to you know sales, if you don't believe in what you are selling, you're not going to be very successful over time. And so 
when I'm thinking about, you know, how I want to be spending my days, entrepreneurship is a tough road. And, you know, your hours every single day are spent focused on these things. If I want to think about the the kinds of conversations that I'm having, um, the kinds of people I'm surrounding myself with, the kinds of messages I'm putting out there in the world, these are the types of things my brands are built on those things. And so I do believe that, that, you know, part of branding yourself, you are an extension of the brand or it's really the other way around. The brand is an extension of you. And so it's almost like they're one and the same. You can't really have one without the other in a purpose-driven, mission-driven brand if you're not a part of that strategy and that, you know, that branding um, strategy. And so you have to be super, again, connected to who you are. You have to remember who the fuck you are. You have to have confidence in that. And you have to be okay with, you know, overcoming all those voices in your head that make it scary for you to step out into the world and bring yourself and present yourself to, you know, people on social media and work through the, you know, you've got an empty stadium with your same five friends clapping for you, but it echoes really loudly in there. And you got to push through all of that until, you know, you get to the other side of it and then you end up on in the promised land if when you keep pushing through that. But um, yeah, so long story short, to bring us back to, to the question, yeah, part of the, the strategy in marketing the brands is really just bringing myself to the forefront. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, I, I was going to let you keep running with it because I <laughs> loved hearing the, the approach of the personal brand and, and catapulting mission family. I'll have the links to, to Stephanie's social media and all her platforms in the show notes, but I have watched, you know, this journey that you come out and I'll share something here. When we see a personal brand, we have this connection to this personal brand, like the emotions, personal brands display as long as they're authentic, right? Cause there's some personal brands that, that in my opinion, come across to me as a little unauthentic or they yeah. don't fit with me and that's yeah. okay. But when I, resonate with somebody and they're coming across authentic like i enjoy watching the journey i enjoy seeing the struggle i enjoy seeing the successes like you want to follow that and in doing that you create this loyal fan right you create a loyal customer like man i love watching the journey that stephanie's going through i love watching the journey of how unapologetic society is up and coming and hey they've experienced a level of success because that's where we see that there's data out there that shows many of americans prefer to purchase services or products from a company that the CEO has an active personal brand. And we see that at the highest level of corporate. And, and you know, we've, we've tried implementing that. And I've been on some teams where we're trying to, to put, you know, even some of my clients, hey, we have to bring you out from behind the screen in front of the screen. Mm-hmm. But I have found that when the startups come and they're in front of the screen, that's where scale happens because you have this loyal following that loves the venture. And Catapultic Commissions family, I'll share a little bit here. People enjoy seeing it. Like, I I don't know. I haven't shared this on the podcast yet, but uh, completely started my personal Instagram page over for a bazillion reasons. And it was just mis- miserable and messy and got botted out and all kinds of stuff. But it was a monetized Instagram page. Like, I was getting money deposited in my account every month and had all kinds of different things coming through it. But it wasn't – it was so badly botted out that it was no longer authentically me. So I was like, I'm just going to start all over. And the amount of messages that have come in from people are like, oh, my goodness. Like, I love the fact that you're starting over and saying, hey – you know what? This was done inaccurate. There's mistakes made here. People love seeing that. So your journey, Stephanie, I love seeing it. Your customers are going to love seeing it. Speaking of your journey, 
when do we put a bow tie on some of these things? When are these things, when can I buy stuff from you yeah. for lack of better words? Yeah. So part of the part of documenting the journey for me was bringing that authentic self to the forefront and not the one that was perfectly buttoned up and, you know, tied together with a pretty ribbon. I really wanted to start where, you know, at ground zero, because I was speaking my, my dreams into existence. And, you know, I got to a point in my mindset where I was, um, okay with putting that out there and not having everything figured out was my first test in overcoming the perfectionism. So thank you for asking that. As you know, neither of my products are in market yet. Um, Unapologetic brand is probably the one earliest in its existence. Um, So we are right now in the sourcing phase and we haven't yet. So as far as timelines are concerned, you know, six months, maybe a year. Um, But as far as the Jade Collaborative brand, right now I have products in production and I expect to have the first um, uh, ready to be sold in about eight weeks. And so I will be um, launching that to my community. And um, yeah, I'm excited in the next eight weeks to have something for, for the Jade Collaborative fam. Well, be sure to let us know. We'd love to share it with you. We'd love to share it with our with our following. We, we'll, we'll put it out because I think it's an incredible mission that you're coming on. And I got to be honest, you, Stephanie, you are you're you may be the only. I think you are. You are the only guest on the four years of the show that has come pre-launch. But I'm so excited for that because I have tons and tons of listeners that are in your stages. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, can I? bring this to market can i get this idea out of my head and catapult the commissions family you just heard from stephanie it is not all roses and rainbows there's some challenges internal and external and she's persevering through it so uh you know stephanie as we come to a conclusion here on the show a couple couple things i'd like to end with is one how do people get a hold of you but two can you share with us and you shared a lot so we'll, we'll keep it a little brief can you share with us some of the brief personal development hacks that you're either implementing, you're focusing on, or like, what is it that is pushing you to get this thing over the finish line? Because you're you're at the 10-yard line pushing it in with one of your companies, and the other one you're saved to 50-yard line. So Mm -hmm. give us a little insight into the the way you think here. You know, to your point, I I hope I am speaking to somebody who's kind of in that pre-launch phase, and they're sort of like trying to dip their toe in the water and not really sure if they should jump. And I encourage you to just do it, because the discomfort of staying where you are is going to start to outweigh the discomfort of just stepping out into the light and just doing it. And so, you know, having that vulnerability, I listen to a lot of Brene Brown, I love her, Um, (laughs) you know, just... Just being okay with having that vulnerability and that authenticity and just understanding that we're all connected as humans. We're connected by this human experience. And once I realized that everyone else is also just trying to figure it out too, and they all have those same voices in their heads that are asking them, you know, who do you think you are? That really... You know, I'm not alone. So then it's like, okay, if we're all out here and this is just a game, why not just play it and play it confidently and just bet on yourself and put your bets down on yourself? And so um, some of the things that kind of help me keep pushing through is if I'm so worried about, you know, the judgment of others, which I think is the number two fear behind death for human beings, and knowing that about my entire audience, because we're all humans connected by this experience, we all know guilt, shame, embarrassment, we all know those emotions. And so just knowing that whoever's judgments I'm afraid of, are also human and fighting those own battles. And anybody who's going to criticize you is generally in the stands, and they're not in the game. And so, you know, your steps ahead of them anyway, while they're while they're criticizing you. So the critics don't count is something I try to tell myself, even though, you know, I might not have it all figured out yet. And that's all right. Um, And the other thing that kind of just keeps me going is just knowing that, um, you know, it's not 
about any given outcome. If I can just show up every single day and make a tiny little step, because as a, as a perfectionist and overthinker, I have a tendency to, to you know, the pe- perfectionism could be paralyzing and it could, you know, stop you from taking that first step because you want to have everything all figured out before you go to the next step. And it's like, no, all you can do is take that first tiny little action and the next one and the next one. And over an accumulation of weeks, months, days, years, had I not stepped out and taken that first step and stayed where I am, I'm going to feel, you know, like I shriveled up in my cocoon and I just allowed myself to kind of wither away instead of spread my wings and just go for it. And so that's the other thought process that keeps me moving, even in such an early phase in business. Mm, I love it. I love it. Sink or swim. And you know, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to sink. You're going to make it out. And I, I love the approach that you're sharing. Uh, Stephanie, how does the Catapulted Commissions family find you? Uh, what are the links in social media, website, all that fun stuff? You can find me on Instagram. I've got all the platforms, but I'll keep it simple. You can find me on Instagram at Jade Collaborative. And you can also find me at Stephanie underscore Jade dot two, two, two on Instagram. We will have all those links. And, and Stephanie, I think you sent it to my team. We'll have all the links for everywhere you belong in the show notes. So Catapultic Commissions family, do me a favor. Go get connected with Stephanie. Go get connected with the Jade Collaborative and Unapologetic Society and watch them as they grow and come. And I think, I think you know, by the time this show launches, you said it'll be eight weeks to market. I think mm-hmm. we might be four weeks, three, four weeks. So it'll Amazing. be coming soon. So definitely go out and and, and look for 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 this, this this product i mean i gotta be honest with you stephanie has a mission that i stand behind personally which is why she's on the show and i encourage you guys to go jump in and and, and join the journey of watching this company grow now my request to you stephanie as you grow and scale i have not a doubt in my mind you are going to be incredibly successful and you are going to be in the high rises can i get you back on the show in a couple of years absolutely i'd love to come back and share the journey with you always Absolutely. I'm glad you said that because I have to ask on Eric because now I have proof, but I am going to come back <laughs> as you start to grow and rise. So, well, uh, Catapult Commissions family, that's Stephanie Kimberling of the Jade Collaborative and Unapologetic Society. Go get connected with her. This is the point of the show. You know what to do. Do me a favor. Smash that like button. Be sure to subscribe. Comment. Shoot me a DM. Let me know your thoughts. All right. Are you currently using a CBD product? Are you want to learn more about Stephanie? Let me know how you felt about today's guest, and I will see all of you guys on the next episode. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Catapulting Commission's Sales Talk Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Anthony Paul Garcia. Until next time.